You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we're broadcasting today from the Pastoral Center here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. In the Diocese of... In the Diocese of Sioux Falls. South Dakota. South Dakota. Yep. In yep. Sioux Falls. South Dakota. Yep. There we go. All We're going to be here for another hour and a half. Yes, we are. <laughs> Heather, what kind of musical instrument do you find in a bathroom? Oh. Tuba toothpaste. Oh, tuba. Toothpaste. That's really bad. <laughs> that's, well, really that's how dad jokes are supposed to be. <laughs> that isn't even and a good dad five, joke, ladies. and that's it's bad. A bad. It's a good it's bad a really, dad joke. Really bad, bad dad Speaking joke. of dads. <laughs> and music. <laughs> yeah, and music. And music. We got Eric Gallagher on with Who's us. Who's a dad and a music major in college. Do you know that, Heather? Oh, my gosh. My, my daughter is, like, thinking about switching her major to music. It took me what? Well, it took me seven years. <laughs> so you have your master's degree. <laughs> I, no. I spent a year overseas, and then I got into ministry, and I did part-time school for a well, couple. Those of are years. all good reasons so, to have yeah. it take longer. I never really thought I was going to be a music teacher, which is like seems to be the more I work with missionaries, that seems to be very common to like get a degree that you know you're probably not going to use. <laughs> right. So I think that's just life. Yeah. I'm an interior designer. Look at me designing. (laughs) (laughs) I think you mean your degree is in interior design. Yes. Well, I wanted to have Eric on because I work at the Mustard Seed, and a lot of conversations happen at the Mustard Seed when you work there. And one of the conversations... What's the Mustard Seed? It's our Catholic bookstore in town. Oh, okay. Here in Sioux Falls. Thanks. But at this, we tend to have discussions, and people were talking about how... Eric Gallagher actually found some silver linings with the pandemic. Except on a lot of them. And I'm like, how can that be? Because in my mind, first tell the listeners what it is you do for the diocese. I know, no, before, who is he? Who are you? Who am I? That, yes. That's a strong question. I know. Um, so I, I'm a husband, father of four in Sioux Falls. Go to St. Lambert Parish, best parish in the country. No. Um, <laughs> the country. Wow. Oh, boy. Wow. Um, I do think Christ the King won, though, at last caller standing. They, but they just, did, yes. Um, and we, yeah, I grew up in the diocese, so di- diocesan native in Sisseton. I went to school up in Aberdeen, um, got nice. involved in ministry there, and uh, started working here about 12 years ago as the youth guy. Um and then just in the past year, my job has shifted with Bishop to, now my title is the Director of Mission Engagement, which is, my summary is essentially I get to meet with groups and people to hear what God has been doing in their life and give them, help them to creatively respond, is my, mm-hmm. so I become a networker, a matchmaker of like, oh, you should meet this person, or you, we have this resource here that you could like, mm. or you could talk to this person, so. Yeah, because you probably do know all of that. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons I kind of made my way into it is I've been working with missionaries for the last 12 years and now and many of them come back and kind of the networking aspect is important because they're coming back in the diocese looking for jobs or work or mm-hmm. asking which parish to go to that kind of stuff so yeah and then send them to christ the king i guess <laughs> so father jordan did he was the spiritual director for totus to us for many many years and so he does the same thing he's he kind of recruits for his so him and i are fighting for people a lot of times yeah well we usually win at St. lambert's <laughs> 
So now let's discuss the pandemic. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so when the pandemic first hit, there were, I mean, everybody, we're all familiar. We're going to skip all that. Your job was a lot of interaction. The people you worked with did a lot of gatherings, groups, et cetera, et cetera. So when it first came along, what did that do to all of your programs? Yeah, so we had we had 24 missionaries hired for the summer. So pandemic hits here in March. Um, May, the end of May, we had 24 missionaries showing up. We have three camps with 104 students signed up for each of those camps. Um, and we just kind of hit that moment of like, what do we do? And for me, it was really like, trying to figure i i always i'm someone who like capitalizes on opportunities Mm -hmm. and i like i see i see situations and i try to find like well like my job states like i try to they have people are in the situation how can we like come out like what can be the the life and the goodness that can come from this Mm -hmm. um what had happened with that summer actually which is really great was we had actually i've been i'd been frugal in my spending at the diocese for the last 10 years so we had some money saved and i essentially asked like can we can we kind of go into the summer knowing that um, we might take a hit into this money that we've been saving up? Um, but that would give us the freedom to discern, like, hmm. what what could be done. If money wasn't an issue, really, mm-hmm. and, and even with the pandemic, what could be what's possible? Um, so I literally sat down in my basement, working from home, <laughs> and had this blank canvas of, we have these 24 missionaries, here's what's possible, here's, not, here's what's not possible. Um, and we really, we, we came up with a plan that I, I would argue our, our staff, our interns, our missionaries would say it was definitely, it was by far one of the best summers we've ever had. Really? Um, and it was just because it was new, it was life giving. It was to try things, to be adventurous together. Um, and you're, you're navigating the middle of this kind of suffering time in your life. Like a lot of the missionaries were high school graduates that didn't have a graduation. Yeah. And so they, and they, and actually, I think the pandemic, even in our vocations work, what we're recognizing is, and even this year still, a lot of these missionaries applying, they say, you know, it was really in the time of the pandemic when I just had a lot of time to think and sit. Like, I started, my faith started to come alive because I started reading books or watching YouTube videos or like all yeah. this stuff started happening. So I definitely, yeah, to see how God has used that or how we could have, we can take advantage of things like that and and bring life through it has been really really great so that summer we just we did all kinds of stuff like there's we essentially from having a missionary program and camps we ended up essentially doing like eight different programs throughout the year because we wanted to kind of accommodate mm-hmm. where people are at in the pandemic like where if our pastors were willing to have us we'd come in if people needed to join virtually we would do stuff virtually but we really had to take into account like people are all over the place how do we reach them mm-hmm. and we just were brainstorming and ways that we never had before so through this when you're doing more things digitally were you able to reach actually more people yeah i i think i think especially in our diocese we have a very rural diocese um one of the things we did is we did a virtual youth night every sunday nights and we would do like games and we break out into small groups on zoom and things like that um and we had roughly 40 to 50 youth and it was oftentimes one or two youth that like it was there it wasn't like there was a parish that sent 20 kids right it was, people were alone in their homes and they did it on their own and so i would say out of those 40 50 students we probably had 30 some parishes represented like wow. and so in our diocese it was just really great to kind of say well we didn't 
we needed to go to this parish. Our missionaries, a lot of times, would get frustrated because they go to a parish and there's 10 kids who show up and there's really only two that really want to be there. Yeah, yeah. And this, this, it was kind of fun for the missionaries because we got the ones who really wanted to be there. And so it's just an interesting dynamic. And we got to meet them in a different way than we would otherwise. But especially like in kind of a hard part of their life of like, I have to be at home. I'm on a lot of like Zoom calls with class or whatever, mm-hmm. and I don't have a lot of community. Like we could, we did it the best we could. That's really awesome. Well, and we were talking too at the store about how, you know, the pandemic has opened up so many avenues of people now turning to watch mass on TV, but also getting to experience different things that they normally wouldn't have. So a lot of people probably didn't know our bishop very well until we got to watch him every Sunday. He was brand new. He was. (laughs) was, Yeah. Yeah. Well, at all. You know, or, you know, the Chrism Mass or any sort of ordinations or, you know, just expanding people's horizons because, you know, unless you live and are by the cathedral, you don't get to experience those types of things. And so that's a silver lining that we were able to find that has really impacted people and opened their eyes. So um, last Last summer, then, kind of, you went back to, like, specifically with the missionary <laughs> programs, went back to sort of in-person traditional models. But st- I know just from our, our work together that there were definitely things that um, you learned from that COVID summer of 2020. Uh, but, but not I, I, what I'm interested in for the purposes of our conversation this morning is not necessarily the, the programmatic dimension, but sort of. Um, maybe for you personally, the, the spiritual dimension, or you in your work, but what were some of the lessons that you, as a man, husband, father, diocesan, lay minister, learned from that summer that, that have remained with you almost two years later? Yeah, for me personally, it was, I mean, it was a mix of that and then Bishop DeGrood coming into the diocese of just like, just this boldness to like, I, I'm a person with a lot of ideas and to be able to kind of raise my hand and say like, can I do this thing over here? Like that would be like, so for me, I just grew in this confidence of like, let's try things like my creative spirits, like was rejuvenated. Like that helped from a work standpoint. Um, for me, on, honestly, for me being at home, working from home two months, kids at home, not at school, like our family loved it. Like that was mm-hmm. for me as a father, as a husband, like my wife loved watching how our kids learn, like being like, we couldn't do it all the time, but for two months of her, like really getting to know the kids as they work on their homework. Um, we learned that our Wi-Fi connection isn't great when you have four <laughs> devices, five devices trying to get homework done. Um, and then I, I think for, for the parishes and for what, what we found from my work, especially was uh, we've been promoting discipleship groups for a long time in the diocese, which mm-hmm. is really adults investing in, in us in relationships with a small number of people the groups where people were friends in the relation and it was built and established on relationship, they were able to switch to zoom like nothing. Like they were able to like continue their ministry through a, a platform because they desired that relationship. The, the types of parishes and groups that it wasn't kind of a, like organically formed through relationship or they hadn't grown in that relationship. It was really, it, they usually met once or twice and then they just wouldn't do it anymore. So I found like, for ministry-wise, definitely, like, the importance of building ministry around relationship was mm-hmm. so vital. And we realized that the day that we couldn't be together, like, it wasn't, it couldn't be forced. You couldn't really tell anyone to do anything that summer. Um, and I think that's that's been the key now moving forward is we just want to continue to, like, set up the foundation that we know provides for most effective ministry. Hmm. Beautiful. 
Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Eric Gallagher. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we're broadcasting today from the Pastoral Center here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're just talking about some of the silver linings that were born of the pandemic um, and just talking with Eric Gallagher and how some of his programs have changed. And when we come back from break, I'm going to ask him if any of them have changed for good. So stay with us. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And you're listening to Real Presence Live here this morning, and we're broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We're having a great conversation with Eric Gallagher. I would say your job title, but I... Director of Mission Engagement. Come on, Heather. Weren't you paying attention 15 minutes You know how long it took me to figure yours out, and then you changed it, and now I haven't even put any effort in it. I'll never stop being the diocesan youth guy, though. Well, you keep calling yourself that. That's why. That's what anybody... It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. (laughs) Everybody says that about Eric. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the youth guy for Mm -hmm. the diocese. It's true. I'll take it. Yeah. So we were talking about how things uh, that first summer of the pandemic changed and then uh, how you adapted the programs. Have you moved anything now that we're moving forward and we're getting back to normal? Have you seen anything that you changed that you were like, that works better? 
I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah, I think the doing the the life that we found, especially their summer missionaries, to be able to get break break down even into small groups or into like just smaller ministry, like the pandemic kind of forced that where you couldn't be in Mm -hmm. groups. Mm -hmm. So we could meet in this room, but like even initially, like we could be in this room, but all the students had to be six feet apart from each other. And you had these like super awkward (laughs) setups for (laughs) ministry. Um, But even in that, like, I think when you break it down and ministry can become smaller, like one-on-one relationships, like Bible studies with two or three people, Mm-hmm. Um, and then also online stuff, we still, um, throughout the year, still have ongoing student, like students who like, they're connected to each other across the diocese through like our D camps or going deep retreats. And we are, we're providing missionaries essentially to like facilitate a space for them online to be together. Hmm. And that's for me, I know pre pandemic, like I didn't, I was uncomfortable on zoom. I didn't want to like the video thing was weird for me. Um, and I think it was true for most people. And now it's just really natural. Like people are, I know in my world, I'm usually on right now about three or four Zoom calls a day. Yeah. And that's that's very different. And so ministry wise, I just think people are more comfortable mm-hmm. in it. And I, I think that's, it's a barrier that has been broken down that allows ministry to happen online, um, which has its limitations and it shouldn't be the norm. Like right. we should desire to be together and, and such, but it does it does supplement and it does provide something that we couldn't do otherwise. Yeah. And I think too for Real Presence Radio we found the same thing because we have people all over, staff members all over the you know, five state region and every morning we gather together for prayer and it's on a Zoom call. And so we get to see each other and there's that connection there that we normally never had. So it's been very very good for us too. So I'm gonna bring it out. I was, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> Last caller standing. Yeah. So it was what, the third year? Third year. Um, we started it really... So we had we had to cancel the decamp uh, summer 2020. Mm-hmm. And I've been... I, I was a high school decamper myself. I was involved all throughout college. I brought youth as a youth minister when I was up in Aberdeen. I'd been, I've been to 50 plus camps probably. Mm-hmm. Um and this was going to be the 34th year or something of camp. And I was the guy who canceled it <laughs> the first time in 30 some years. Um, the legacy. So much for the youth guy. <laughs> youth guy really messed it up. So I, I like did, I had that. And immediately after I kind of announced it to the missionaries and there was like tears with our missionaries, like as many of them had grown up in that as well. Yeah. Um, and I left that kind of announcement and I went and met with one of my interns and I just said, we got to do something special for this. And so we had this meeting, we, we came in, into a conference room and just said like, what could we do that would just be awesome? So Last Caller Standing was actually like the, the ending of a full D-week, that we, an online D-week. So oh, we I had, didn't know that. We had four events, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, um, where we had online worship, keynote speakers, small group type stuff. Um, and there was different things each night. Um, and it was a behold theme. So it was like, behold your mother, behold the man, behold. Mm-hmm. So there's all these different themes. And it was it was like a whole big thing. And Last Caller Standing was just like, let's just do something fun for that last thing. Um, and then for me afterwards, so it was an online competition with priests based on the reality TV show Survivor. There's one winner at the end. They play games. Um after the the event, like 
what I got from people, the messages and just the way people talked about it, I was like, there's something to this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, this really is really, is. and people would say that they would just say like, this was one at like the people that I know that are very like faith filled. They have a deep spiritual sense of things. They would come to me and just say like, Eric, there's something to this. And it had power behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I was immediately just kind of thought, oh, we're on to something. <laughs> and it has. It's taken off. I get, I've gotten probably about a dozen messages from people in other dioceses kind of inquiring no, of like, this is cool. How do you do it? It's like, could we do it? That, so it's, yeah, it's What growing. do you think it is about it? I know for myself personally what it is. But what do you think it is for the people watching? Why do they like it so much? I think most people's experience of a priest is is limited mm-hmm. um and here like chris and i get to be very involved with priests we know the priests we've mm-hmm. been able to sit around have casual conversations with them get to know them as humans see them in more casual settings see them in like more stressful like situations mm-hmm. but most people's experience of a priest is really sunday mass and that's it and yeah. maybe coming up and saying hi after and and some people are bold enough to ask a priest over for supper. It's yeah. Like, and then there there is a, a level of people who know the priest similar to we do. But I think generally just getting to know the priest as people, and then also seeing them together. Like yes. there there's just a gift of seeing them, give each other grief, compete a little bit, have a little bit of fun. Because um, even like some of the times where the priest might get a little bit too competitive, and like it, they, <laughs> they might consider it like a I little embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. They I think. I think those are things that we we connect with, and when our priests can connect with us at that level of of just yeah, it's it's reality TV that really that, that really draws us in, and with priests, it just adds a component. So I think it makes the Catholic Church very accessible, um, relatable, and I think it's been really good for for vocations in that sense, just for the life yeah. of the church in a sense. And the priests have just they, they're eating it up; they love it. <laughs> yeah. I loved the first year. I loved all the years. But the first year was hilarious because some of the priests didn't know what they were signing up for. (laughs) We didn't know what they were signing up for. (laughs) And it was just so funny to see Father Lichter be like, what? (laughs) You want me to do what? (laughs) And the moment we'll go down in history is when Father Simple went to bed before the final boat. (laughs) (laughs) Vicar General at the time for the Diocese of Zoo Falls. I'm done. That's it. (laughs) But if, if people um, were unaware of it or really interested, they actually they can still go back and watch what, all three. Yeah, all three are online still. They're it's great. They're they're two and a half hour YouTube videos that are nearing five thousand views each. <laughs> yeah. So it's I mean so yeah I think that alone kind of says like check it out. There's something to it. Yeah. It's something I think most people would say yeah I'll check it out. I'll watch and if you watch five minutes you're going to get hooked for a little while just because it is it's reality uh, reality TV and there's a story and you want to kind of watch it to the well, end. Well and explain. Just a couple of the games that the, you have the priests play. Yeah, they do different things like trivia. We try to have some physical challenges. The scavenger hunts are always fun. Yeah. Um, and Guess then, who the guinea pigs are, by the way, with the physical challenges. <laughs> we do yeah. test all the events before we do them live. <laughs> Did you have any pictures of your mom, Chris? Uh, no, 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 no. These were like the, the M&M and the straw oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was... Uh, that it was, was tested. Uh, it was tested. Thoroughly tested. Yeah. I love it. We don't want to disappoint the viewers. So <laughs> That's right. So, and amongst all of this fun, uh, it's also a fundraiser. So, talk a little bit about that portion of yeah, it. Yeah, really what's come... Uh, truly what I think has come through the pandemic, if we look pre-pandemic to now, um, Lumen Christi is, is really the fruit of that. Um, mm. And it's... 
pandemic plus Bishop DeGrood coming in kind of with this very open, generous spirit to like being creative, trying things, um, and asking us to really raise our hands to if we have ideas and he mm. wants input. And we had, yeah, we had the net team here for a year, which was Bishop's initiative really to kind of, he was, he knew the net's program very well from being in the archdiocese. Um, and allowed for a really like natural transition to start. What Chris and I really we pursued something like this about eight years ago, just trying to think like the mo- the model basically, mm-hmm. um, and just hit a lot of kind of hurdles. And so we put it on the back burner. Um, Lumen Christi now. I mean, we have eight missionaries full time for the whole year. Um, this summer we'll have twenty twenty four missionaries again. Nice. Um, and the next year, I would bet we'd have another. We'd have ten, twelve throughout the whole diocese, and they are. It, their mission is really to be that relational kind of dynamic in the church that we're just a busy culture and these missionaries, the gift that they have is time and a presence. And mm-hmm. so they are meeting with students. So we have three missionaries up in Aberdeen, two in Del Rapids. Our seminarians are helping out a bit with it as well. Um, and then we have a couple of full-timers that are helping with the administrative side. But it is, it's designed financially. It's a model that requires supports and mm-hmm. so a lot of donations. So we we raised almost twenty five thousand. We had a goal of twenty thousand. We raised twenty five thousand dollars through a Zoom call, um, <laughs> which is yeah, it just blows my mind because that's not what I do. <laughs> so that's just happening. Is is a sign that God's hand is in this amount. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the funds that were raised um, because you could vote for your priest, and if you donated on behalf of your priest, then they you know would get extra bonuses, et cetera, et cetera. So it was fun, and it was for a good cause to go to Lumen Christi. And it's fun to see, like, just simply, like, sending the priests the names of people who donated. Like, just you do? That's, yeah, that's oh, support. Oh, I don't want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, we don't send them amounts, so they don't know amounts. But just to, like, see this list of people who are, like, cheerleading for them is just yeah. a gift. I, our priests, like, again, they're human. I think they need that. Like, they do need, they, yeah. it, it brings the support. In fact, that's why... I think a lot of priests refuse to do it. Like we ask, we invite them and they, they struggle because they feel like they wouldn't have that support. Aww. And I like, we just want to say, no, do it. And then let's like show you the support that you have because our priests, they have the support. They just, yeah. they sometimes lack that confidence. I yeah. Think. Interesting. So. Well, any last words before we let you go? We're about done with our... If people still want to donate to Lumen Christi, can they? They can. They can go to, online to the websites, um, sfcatholic.org slash... LC, I think, is the quickest way to get there. <laughs> Sounds good to um, me. <laughs> yeah, I, I just encourage people to um, take the time to reflect on, especially if you're someone who feels heavy after the last couple of years, just mm-hmm. spiritually heavy. Um, there is a nugget in here that got, it's not even just a nugget, like there is an, an entirely divinely willed purpose and intention behind all of this Amen. that God wants to give us. And I feel like I've grasped a little bit of that. Hopefully <laughs> more to come. Beautiful. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us and prayers for your youth work that you do. The youth guy. The youth guy. Director of Mission Engagement, Heather. Youth guy. So, uh, when does DCAMP registration open up? It's open up. February 1st is the, oh. well, right now, it's it's been open for a while, but they can get still register. It. It's actually almost full, so they get should get in it. and register. <laughs> I registered at Twins, my wife registered at Twins last night. All right, we got to go to break, folks. When we come back, we will have a little bit of high school or Catholic schools week promotion updates, whatever. <laughs> we'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this.